It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Lotto across the Sharks line, checked by Eric Carlson, and rolled to the Dell. He tried to clear it, but it's batted down by Wenberg. Beats behind the net, penalty almost over. Centering feed, knocked out, and it's a breakaway maybe for Goodrow. He moves in out of the box, stick handles, backhander, score! Buckley Goodrow coming out of the penalty box, making it one nothing Sharks on a brilliant play in the second period. Sharks steal it. Three on two developing. Down the left side they come. Here's Kane in the slot. Scar! Oh, a great goal by Evander Kane as Timo Meyer gets the puck on a bad change by the Blue Jackets, and it's 2-1 Sharks. Knocked in by Columbus. Fired around the near boards there by Aaron Dell. Knocked down by Gerby. Taken back by Thornton, and he slides to the middle, and Eric Carlson uses the skating speed to get it out to center ice. Dumps it in. Thornton takes it. Throws to the right. Scar! Kevin LeBanc, one-time shot. What a pass by the future Hall of Famer, Joe Thornton. And the Sharks lead 3-1. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to let that one get away. 4-2 with a minute to go. I mean, uh, um, you know, third period, we didn't really allow a lot. 5-on-5 five five. defensively, we were pretty tight. Um, you know, so you could take a, a million great things out of this game for us. But, uh, you know, that's why they're leading the league. And, the, and that's why they have the most points, because they find ways to win games. And, uh, um, you know, I, 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 as disappointed as I am, I'm... I'm uh, pretty content on the way our 5-on-5 five five game looks. It's just, you know, you get a couple breakdowns, we don't get one out on the wall in 6-on-5, comes back in our net, and then, you know, we ice one, we can't get, the, you know, a um, couple sentiment out there on the, on the second one, and, um, you know, things happen. And then, of course, I mean, all that's forgotten if you score in overtime. We've had, you know, post 2-on-1 and a breakaway, so that's the game, way the game goes. We're just, you know, I think we have to concentrate on getting a day of rest tomorrow um, and really taking the positives out of this for the St. Louis game. All righty, good morning everyone and welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you. We had the juxtaposition of the nice win against Columbus on Saturday and then the ugliness on Sunday. I got to admit I'm of uh, two minds this morning when I'm talking with you all and I haven't quite had 24 hours to recover from what we saw on Sunday against Washington, but I, I'm, I'm still like... Feel, feel me out, guys. Feel me out. I'm The Sharks have been playing better. They've been much better. After Saturday, they had won three out of four, more committed on defense. They are scoring more goals. They're looking like they're just a more cohesive unit. Even strength is getting better. Five on five in particular is getting better. Um, the power play has been heating up. They're still doing their thing on the penalty kill, although with more penalties to kill as the year goes on, it's not going to be as effective. It's just the you know the law of averages. It's not going to be that good. I'm not sure if that's the law of averages, but you, you know what I mean. And then that happened. Like they outplayed arguably the best team in the NHL for 59 minutes. Just totally outplayed them. Totally outplayed them. Looked like the 100% better team, and you're telling yourself, if the Sharks can do this on the second night of a back-to-back, 
on the road, early morning starts, then I have no doubt this team has what it takes to get into the playoffs. No doubt. And then that happens. And it's just, it's a mind, I, I can't wrap my head around it totally, and I was just, I couldn't believe that that happened. Up 4-2 with a minute to go, and then suddenly you give in two goals, and then you lose in overtime 5-4. I, I, I couldn't, I didn't know what had happened. I had watched the Sharks distinctly outplay arguably the best team in the league, and then lose. And that's why we hear it from coaches a lot, but they say it takes 60 minutes to win a game. And we completely saw that right in front of us. The Sharks played 59 minutes of excellent hockey. The Sharks had their power play going. The Sharks looked great five on five. Everything was going the Sharks' direction, and then they exhaled in the final minute, and Washington didn't, and Washington walked away the winner of that game. And it was unbelievably frustrating. Just, uh, uh, you know, a gut punch, maybe a little lower, actually, the way I'm still feeling today. It just, it was, I, I still have trouble wrapping my head around it because, again, I'm of two minds. On the one hand, the Sharks did so many things so very, very well that really make you excited about what's happening. And then in the final minute of that game, it all blows up in your face. And then suddenly you're staring at an overtime loss and you're like, yeah, I got a point, but am I happy with that? I mean, if you had told me before the weekend, hey, Ted, the Sharks are going to come out of these two early morning back-to-back weekend games with three points, you're like, hey, I'm feeling good about that. But instead, I'm not feeling great about it. I'm just wondering what the hell happened. I mean, that's what I keep on coming back to is that you're so close And as we've seen with the Sharks so many times this year, they've done enough to get themselves the win, but it doesn't end up resulting in a W. It ends up resulting in a loss, or it ends up resulting in a point, or it ends up resulting in just a a bad aftertaste. And I'm not trying to harp on the negative, because again, I go back to what we've seen from the Sharks so far in this road trip, and I've actually felt pretty good about it, even though they lost in Detroit 2-0 only giving up two goals. I feel pretty good about that. And then they, you know, just looked pretty good moving forward. I liked what I was seeing, that win against Pittsburgh. I felt like that was a good sign for the Sharks. And then on Saturday, they're able to go into Columbus and get that nice win um, against the Blue Jackets, 3-2. And that was on the heels of a 3-2 win against the Penguins. And they're not giving up a lot of goals, and you're feeling good about things. And then you go into Sunday and you're up 4-2 with a minute left and then you lose 5-4 in overtime. And you're like, I see so much potential, so why am I not seeing the results? And it just it just gets frustrating. I mean, that's what I keep on coming back to. There's a level of frustration this year that I haven't felt with the Sharks you know, since 2015 when they didn't make the playoffs. But it's different right now because when the Sharks didn't make the playoffs in the 2014-2015 season, there was the hangover effect of going up 3 nothing on the Kings, and then they lost that series. We don't need to get into it. But that had an impact, and there was other stuff going on, and Doug Wilson that year uh, made the decision to stay with Todd McClellan, which I'm not going to say was the wrong or right decision. That was just the decision to be made. And he did it. he's doing it differently this year. He decided to make the departure from Pete DeBoer, brings in Bugner as the interim head coach. You're trying to spur this change with the Sharks, and... I like what Bugner's been doing. I, I have to admit, I like what I'm seeing. I don't even have to admit that. It's obvious to see. 
The team is playing better. The team is defending better. The team is becoming more cohesive overall, and it should be resulting in more high-quality performances, but we're seeing these late collapses. And I, I thought we were done with these late collapses. I thought that was just going to be a streak that we were getting into, and it's weird because there's three different things the Sharks have been doing this year. The first 15 games of the year, I felt like they were giving up goals to start off periods just it was like a minute into a period give up a goal and it was just over and over and over in the next 15 games it was like okay you're playing well to the end of the period let's not give up a goal in these final two minutes and then they would give up a goal in the final two minutes now the Sharks new thing to do is score a goal and then immediately let in a goal from the opposition and you get the feeling that every time the Sharks start to rectify a problem or take care of one issue they start developing another one and that's that I mean that can't happen I mean, this team is doing ostensibly the right things. They are correcting issues, but new issues are popping up. Standing in front of the dam, plugging holes, and then water starts pouring out in other places, and you're just rubbing your head watching these things thinking, what the hell is happening? But again, you know, I, I look at what the Sharks have been doing as of late, and I really like what I'm seeing most of the time. I re- Listen, I was not unhappy with that 2 nothing loss to the Red Wings. I have to admit, I know the Red Wings are not a good team. But listen, even bad teams will win. Even bad teams will defeat good teams. Now, I'm not saying this, that the Sharks are a, a bad or a good team right now. Because the Sharks are just an underperforming team, in my opinion. But, you know, you give up two goals and you lose because your offense didn't have a good night. Okay, I can handle that. That's not the problem. The problem to me is that the Sharks are exhaling too early in games, and that's what we're seeing in these third periods. They're doing so much throughout the course of the game right. If you do that much right, you need to be able to get those wins. You need to be able to put yourself in a position to win. You need to be able to put yourself in a, in a position that when the final horn sounds, you are the team that gets two points. You are the team that gets a W on that night. You are the team that was good enough from start to finish. Not start to almost finished, but start to finished. And I'm hoping that this one, and I'm not going to say this was the Sharks' worst loss of the year. It was maybe the most inexplicable and sudden and painful loss of the year because you were up 4-2 with a minute to go, and you've done everything so very, very well, and then suddenly it's just snatched away from you. But I hope that this is the relative bottoming out. I hope this is the point where they all look at each other and say, we cannot let this happen again. If we want to get to the playoffs, if we want to play to the level that we all think we're capable of, if we want to make this work, we cannot have this type of late collapse again. And I understand there are going to be instances where you're going to be on the road against a good, a good team and you might be up 2-1 in the third period and the team comes back and beats you, something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a game that you're in it where you're playing better and then you just collapse. And you can lose a game and not collapse in professional sports, particularly the NHL. But as Jamie Baker likes to talk about, the NHL is so punishing that any minute mistake will come back to haunt you. And that's what we're seeing the Sharks do. These mistakes are haunting them, haunting them. And I'm talking about my frustration level. Can you can you imagine the frustration level of Bob Bugner or Logan Couture or Eric Carlson right now? 
or Vander Kane right now, he goes out there and puts out that type of a performance and they can't get the win. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But again, the Sharks are doing a lot better. They're playing better. They're doing more things consistently. They are finding ways to get the power play to work. You might think that guys have gone through an offensive cold stretch and they're starting to wake up and they're starting to do the right things now. And you feel like they're just about there. So I, I'm trying not to be negative this morning. I know that I, you know, I'm kind of still in a bad place from that loss yesterday. But listen, I'm expecting that those of you listening are not feeling any different right now. You watch that game and then it finished and you're asking yourself, what the hell happened? Because the Sharks are improving. Somebody was asking me on Saturday night, and they said, what's, you know, what's the latest deal with the Sharks, Ted? And, you know, how, how are you gauging things? And I said, well, they haven't lived up to expectations this year, which is the most obvious thing that, you know, I can say right now. But I said that they're getting better, and the results are really encouraging. And I, I 100% believe that. They outplayed Washington in their own building on the second morning of a back-to-back for 59 minutes and somehow found a way to lose. And I'm trying to focus on the fact that they outplayed Washington for 59 minutes. They were more committed on defense. They showed great chemistry. You saw guys communicating. You saw them looking like they had a distinct plan. You saw them putting Washington on their heels. You saw Washington not looking comfortable. The Sharks outplayed them. They outplayed him. They just didn't get the W. I know that a lot of people want to hang this on Martin Jones right now. And listen, I'm on social media. I see the comments that people are making. And, you know, it's it's easy to blame goalies. I understand. To me, it's it's deeper than that. That was a, a, a team-wide exhale that came prematurely. And, yes, you focus on Martin Jones because he's the last line of defense before that puck finds the back of the net. But... That, that, this is a team issue. You know, not every time can the goalie be blamed when the team gives up that many goals late in periods or in the third period like we've seen so many times this year. I mean, these are team-wide issues, and everybody has to be part of the rectification. Everybody has to be part of the correction. Everyone has to buy in. And I think that people are in the process of buying in of what Bob Bugner is selling. It's just that it's not quite there yet. And I, again, hope that this was the last straw, that this was going to be the one where they all look at each other and say, we just simply can't let that happen again. And they were so close to having what I think was going to be a wake-up call to the rest of the league to realize, hey, the Sharks just won back-to-back weekend games, and they just beat the crap out of Washington. Because I thought that was a a really high-quality performance from the Sharks. I thought they were just looking really, really good, looking like everything you thought they could be this year, and it was going to be that kind of moment where they said, we can do this, we can start climbing back into the into the standings, and well, I mean, which they've been doing, but it was going to be a really, really big confidence-boosting win, and it turned into a just a, you know, kind of a shattering loss, a stunning loss. They've got one more game on this road trip, and they've picked up five points already, two wins and an overtime loss. And honestly, four games into a five-game road trip, you're not feeling too terrible about that. But the fact that it could be three wins out of four games right now, I think that's the harder thing that you know I'm trying to wrap my head around. But let's take a break for me and go out to the phone lines. 
All right, and we now have joining us on Morning Tide. It is goalie for the San Jose Sharks, Aaron Dell. Mr. Dell, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm good. Just uh, just got to St. Louis here. Yeah, man, I know you guys had a uh, quick uh, break after the game, hop on the uh, plane, and then get on over to St. Louis. I'm, uh, I, I'll am i start you off with just kind of a uh, an oddball question because I was uh, just going over some stuff, and I was looking at you, and I was like, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Dell's got a good beard, and I've been growing mine in lately. And uh, I was just wondering, because I did this the other night when I was feeling good about my beard, you ever look at your own beard and say, yeah, it's looking good, and then you look over at Jumbo or, or Brent and think to yourself, well, you know, maybe i got a little ways to go. <laughs> every once in a while i like to keep mine a little shorter personally it's a little easier to control it's uh it's a lot of maintenance when it's that big you know <laughs> i know man i just laughed i was just sitting there looking at jumbo for in particular just skating around and i was like yeah i got a ways to go with mine but uh i just figured i would see if you could laugh at that as well but i'm glad you do but uh yeah man i mean this year for you guys has been you know, up and down, there's been a little bit more upheaval, obviously, with the change at the head coach. That's equated it's some more time uh, in front of the net for you. Um, I guess just how are you handling all this? I mean, has it been hard on you, or is is the life of being a goalie in the NHL, like your entire existence, it's, you know, be hard or get, you know, run over in, in your particular field? Yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of just, have to play your own game for the most part and uh you know you hope the guys take their jobs in front of you i think uh lately we've been playing uh a little better defensively in the fact that we're you know we're protecting the good ice better and we're not giving up as many chances from in close and, and stuff like that but it's yeah it's been a bit of a roller coaster yeah no and you know it's interesting with the defense because i've talked to um you know goalies in hockey and goalies in soccer and i always look at those two positions combined with pitchers in baseball I think those are probably the three loneliest positions in professional sports just because everybody wants to look at you like when they show a goal in hockey it's like they'll show the player on tv celebrating after he scores and they'll always do a quick cut to the goalie and they'll show you know you hitting your Gatorade bottle or whatever but you know do you ever see that when you're watching the highlights and you want to be like well come on don't focus on the goalie look at the you know the defensive breakdown that led to that or you just kind of go ah this comes with the territory of being a goalie yeah, that's that's kind of how it goes. I mean, uh, you're either the hero or the goat most of the time, so uh, it kind of comes with the territory. Are Are you okay with that? The the hero or the goat mentality that is applied to goalies. Uh, that's that's kind of how it's always been. So that's uh, that's that's what I'm used to, you know. Yeah, no, I I feel that, and it's it's interesting though, just because it's such a it's such a unique position compared to everybody else you know, what their role is on the ice. You know, you're watching everybody come at you. You get a different view. Is is your perspective from the crease, like, do you see things in terms of the buildup and the breakdown of the play when it's coming towards you or when it's going the opposite direction? Can you use your perspective to help your teammates? Or how much communication is there when there is a, a break in the action where you can try and, you know, talk to your, you know, to your D-men specifically or just everybody out there on the ice on how, how things can go better? I mean, uh, you kind of have everything in front of you, so you get to see everything play out. And you know, every once in a while, you, know, you can say, "Oh, maybe you had uh, this option over here," or you can yell to your guys, you let them know they have time, or if there's uh, and things. Like that. So you have a little bit better view most of the time of uh, of what's going on. So 
I try to, to talk as much as I can to my, my guys when they're close enough to hear me. So, yeah. uh, I can be an extra set of eyes for them, really. Yeah, and, you know, communication's one of those things that gets talked to death, and it's it's obviously valid because it has such a huge role. But one of the things that Jamie Baker is really, um, you know, f- pushed on me over the years is just the idea of how important practice is. And since Bob Bugner has taken over um, as the interim head coach, you guys have had a couple of little breaks in the schedule where you've been able to get a little bit more ice time. If you can just speak to that, and you know, because in my opinion, it definitely looks like with those breaks in scheduling that you guys have had, it's led to more cohesive five-on-five play, particularly on the on the D zone, like you alluded to. Alluded to, and the team has played better since then. Do you directly attribute it to that practice time, or was it a matter of the practice time and then trying to implement some of those things on the ice during the games themselves? I think it was a little bit of both. I know we, uh, in the last month, we had games almost every day for a while, so it was tough to get uh, practice in without killing everybody, but uh, yeah, it was uh, was good to get some practice time in and kind of uh, adapt to those new systems, and then we had to bring that into the games pretty quickly as well. But uh, I think the, the experience in the games is what really does it. You can you can practice it all you want, but it never really is exactly like the game. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because you guys have played some good games. Like I look at the – the Detroit game, that was a game where the offense, um, you know, wasn't there, but I thought you guys played very well. But then you follow that up. You have another nice performance the other day um, against Pittsburgh. Obviously, you know, today things didn't go the way that you would have wanted. But, you know, Washington is a very, very good team, and they've showed how they've been able to, to you know, earn all, so many points at this point, at, you know, the halfway point roughly. is. Do you try to react more to the highs or react more to the lows? Like I know everybody wants to get – you know, kind of ticked off at a loss, but, you know, I imagine you probably have to put that behind you and say, okay, you know, there's no sense in focusing on this. We can look at what we've done well on this road trip so far and continue to move forward from that. I mean, do you have a personal focus or does the, does the team have a focus on more of the, you know, adding to the positives or trying to correct the negatives? I, I personally try to stay as even keel as possible. That way you're not too high or too low. And then you can try to be more consistent that way. But uh, I'd say if you dwell on the uh, the bad things, that they can really affect the good things. So I'd say it's probably better to uh, to more focus on on the better things, mm-hmm. put the bad things behind you. But uh, yeah, I like I like to try and stay as even as possible. Do you have a pretty um, bad memory on the ice? Are you able to put a play behind you and move right on, um, you know, seconds later? Yeah, you, you have to be able to. You can't still be uh, thinking about the last play when the, the next one's going on, so you, you kind of have to have a short memory. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, you hear golfers in particular talk about that, the ability to have a, a short memory and, you know, just kind of put it all behind you. But it's, you know, it's obviously it's it's hard because that's an individual sport, whereas you're part of a, of a team sport. And that's, you know, you see these games where you guys have done everything, quote unquote, right, but it still doesn't always result in two points in the standings. And that's just the frustrating part of, you know, sports in general. And that can be said of an individual sport as well and that you know that's that's part of the the day-to-day life i would i would imagine yeah i mean it it just kind of goes that way sometimes and 
you kind of have to to build on that. And, I mean, sometimes the uh, the team that deserves to win doesn't win, and other times they do. So, uh, yeah, just uh, sometimes a, a lucky bounce can change the outcome of a game, and hopefully, at, at that point, you're not leaving it up to that chance. But uh, yeah, that's that's the nature of sports. Yeah, and again, we're talking to Aaron Dell here on Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. I got to ask you, man, like, do you ever stop to think about the fact that you are living, um, you know, a, a quote-unquote dream of so many kids growing up in Canada and the United States where you get to go out there and be in front of the net in the NHL? And obviously, you know, your journey was a little bit different. You didn't get drafted, but you worked your way up. And, you know, you've gone from Worcester over here to San Jose and continue to work your way up. I mean, do you ever try to think about that fact, or has that just been part of the process to being where you are at this point in your career? I'm always kind of uh, looking towards the next game and things like that, so I'm usually concentrated on that. But uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll sit back and, and let that sink in. That you know, wow, this is my dream since I was five years old. Yeah, no, man, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I I look at you know so many different athletes, and everybody. You know, everybody wants to get there, but it's it's weird because you don't, you know, it's not something you're thinking about on the day-to-day or the, you know, the play-to-play. It's just something that's kind of there all of a sudden. You are this guy who is, uh, you know, a, a player in the NHL, which I just think is, is wild because obviously, you know, my, my athletic prowess took me far enough to get behind a microphone, which says enough uh, in and of itself. But um, I guess before I let you go, um, you know, you have one of the most tense jobs in professional sports. I know that... Uh, when you get back home, you're able to sit down with your guitars a little. Uh, what do you do to uh, to relax when you are uh, able to, you know, not be on the ice? I uh, sit around, watch some TV, and uh, yeah, play some guitar. Kind of get lost in in the music and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, I try to keep it as low key as I can. Uh, for the most part. Do you uh, have one of those travel guitars to bring with you on the road? I do have one. I haven't been bringing it with me for a little while, but uh, I do have one. That's cool, man. That's cool. I appreciate that. I uh, I'm a gearhead myself, so I uh, if I, I I don't have the opportunity to bring them on the road as often as I would like, but uh, I, I feel you there. Well, Aaron, man, I'll let you go because I know you've got a uh, busy schedule, and I want to let you relax and get to the TV and chill out as you get ready for the Blues. But I really appreciate your time, man. I'm loving what I'm seeing from you in the crease, and I hope I can bug you for some time again soon. All right, man. Sounds good. Aaron Dell, everyone. Really enjoyed that conversation with him. Just a chill guy, which is funny because I would imagine that's the opposite of what a lot of goalies are. But I dude, he's been playing really, really well. I, I you know, I didn't know what to expect from Dell when he was gonna get this opportunity uh to get in front of the net more, but I've really liked what I've seen from him. And I'm excited to see what he does going forward because he's uh, he's a good guy, he's a good player, and uh you know, whatever helps the Sharks win right now. I mean, that's that's kind of my uh, my mentality. And, you know, now we look, if they can, I, you know, I, I think that if they play like they did against Washington on Sunday, they can go into St. Louis and beat the Blues. I think the Sharks are 100% capable of beating St. Louis, and I'd like to see them put together a high-quality performance there. Then they're back home on Thursday to take on Columbus. That's a winnable game. And then... Pavelski and Dallas are back in Saturday night. That's going to be emotionally charged game. So I think the Sharks have an opportunity 
to string together some wins right now. And, and listen, I know it's not about the win streaks. I've talked about this before. I wanted to see two out of three, three out of five, five out of eight, six out of ten, stuff like that. I just want to see the Sharks climb back to consistent play. And I think if the Sharks play to the level that they're capable of, which we are seeing more and more often as of late, only two goals given up against Pittsburgh, only two goals given up against Columbus, only two goals given up against Detroit. They had given up only two goals to the Capitals through 59 minutes. But you're seeing growth. You're seeing improvement. And I think that leading into these next three games, you got, again, St. Louis on the road, then home against Columbus and home against Dallas. Then you go back out onto the road at Arizona, at Colorado, at Vancouver, and then you come back home to finish off the month. You're home against Anaheim, home against Vancouver. These are winnable games ahead of the schedule for the Sharks. And the thing is, I'm starting to feel like they're all winnable games. There was a stretch there in December where I was just, you know, well, I can't really tear my hair out. But I was not, I, I wasn't thinking winnable game. I was just thinking, oh, my God, can they steal a win right now? Can they stop the losing streak? Can they stop the bleeding? But now you look at these games and you think, okay, I've seen the improved play. I think this team is getting closer and closer to the reality of what they're being capable of. Can this now consistently turn into wins? And I think the answer ultimately is yes, but regardless of whether or not I think the answer is yes, it's up to them to get it done for 60 minutes, not 40 minutes. I mean, that was, you know, a a week ago when I talked to you all, I was saying, I want to see, you know, it's not good enough to be 40 minutes of good hockey. They got to play 60 minutes. And we've seen that a couple of times. But we've also seen them play 59 minutes and then have a one-minute collapse. And it's unfortunate because it's it's so close, but I don't know if it's getting over the hump or I don't know if it's bottoming out, whatever it is. I just hope that Sunday one was maybe not necessarily a wake-up call, but just something of a, okay, guys, like this, this can't happen again. That's just where they draw the line in the sand. Like that's the last time. And that doesn't mean they're not going to have a game that they lose in the third period. But not like that. That's one that should probably stick with them. That's one that they should look at and realize that it's relatively unacceptable. And even though there are positives, you heard Bugner, you know, bringing us in. He saw positives in that game, but you can't just look at the positives when the ultimate result is a loss. Yeah, you get a point. I'm happy with that, but you could have had more. And right now the Sharks need more to continue their climb to get back into the playoff picture. And I want that climb to continue against St. Louis, then the two home games against Columbus and Dallas. If I'm the Sharks, I'm thinking try and get at least a point, you know, against St. Louis, and I would like to see two. But you've also got to look at this and say to yourself, Columbus and Dallas, two winnable games. you got to win those. you got to win those two out of the next three. Then you go back out on the road against Arizona, Colorado, Vancouver, What can you get out of those three before you come back home? But out of the next three games, St. Louis on the road, then home versus Columbus and Dallas, two of those have got to be wins, no doubt. And then you see what you can do out on the road again, and you keep on going from there. But these home games, the Sharks have got to win these home games. They're huge. And we all know that you got to win at home and go 500 on the road or however you want to look at it. That's a cliche, but... For the Sharks right now, considering where they've been this year and where they need to be, the home games have got to be automatic wins. And if you're looking at four of the next seven games being at home, 
you got to win those home games, and if you can steal one of those on the road, then you've won five out of the next seven, and I'm happy with that. After the St. Louis game, of course. St. Louis one is going to be tough. But after that, four of the next seven are at home. You've got to win four. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks to Aaron Dell for joining me for a nice conversation. A big thanks to all of you for tuning in. And, of course, a huge thanks to the San Jose Sharks for making this show a reality. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. 